everyone, and welcome to another episode of Unnamed and Untamed. This is Sarah. I'm here with Meredith and Sonia. I feel like I always forget to introduce us. I just assume that everybody knows, but um, I've actually had a lot of clients tell me that they've been going back and like listening to old episodes. So that kind of feels good. Um, but today's episode is definitely well, like all of people I haven't met where I'm like, I, I didn't share this with you. And they are like, oh, I listened to your podcast. And I'm like, whoa, you know, because I'm always like the people who listen are the people that we know and our clients and right, like right, growing, yeah. you know, I'm like, it's happening. Yeah. People listen to us. <laughs> well, today's episode is definitely going to be one that we would encourage all of our clients to listen to. I'm sure we'll be sending to clients, hey, <laughs> check this one out. Um, but a couple different topics. So we're going to be going over kind of this idea of like flexible dieting, IAFYM. I, did I even say that right? If it fits it your macros. Yeah. Versus, I believe you. Yeah. Versus like a meal plan, flexible dieting, what it really kind of means. Um, and then also just different like macro tracking kind of errors that we see, um, and, and more. So, yeah. Yes. So as far as I'll jump in here. Um, I don't know. Do, are we, I know we just recorded yesterday just for folks who didn't know, but did y'all want to discuss anything, any new peaches and pits or are we diving right in? I mean, listen, life with you ladies is always a peach. Ah, first of all, I just got to say my girls sent me some flowers and it, I haven't posted cause they're on the other side of the house and I can't quite get over there right now, but they're beautiful. And it was so sweet. And I just wanted to say, thank you guys so much. It, like literally I was like, who sent me flowers? And he's like, your girls. And I was like, my girls. I love them. <laughs> oh, yay. Well, we it actually breaks my heart sometimes that we all live so far apart. I know. I I can't wait to, for most people who don't know, we actually, well, I have, we've all three never met completely. Like Sarah and Sonia have just gotten to see each other and have met each other. I haven't met everybody formally. (laughs) So I'm going to be catfishing us this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. Totally. That's exactly what I think. I'm like, that's the catfish outfit I would pick. (laughs) A sweatshirt and a messy bun. Yes it works it works definitely put the hair on top of the head for this podcast today I think that this one's one that is going to resonate with everybody and I think that I want to can we start with maybe tracking errors with people um I think that's going to be pretty you know quick and then I think we can kind of go into what is what is the kind of old mentality of if it fits your macros um, and how that's evolved for the better important, important thing to note too, is if you're listening to this podcast and you feel personally attacked, great, because what we want, we want you to succeed. We, we do not want to attack you. We do not want to shame you. We do not want to guilt you into changing your lifestyle. We as coaches, and I'm not just speaking about the three of us. I'm thinking about people in our network as well, that I know are quality coaches that wake up every single day. And we want to do the best we can for our clients, by our clients. We want to help you guys create new lifestyles. So you never have to, I don't want a client for 10 years. I want to be able to work with a client in a season and prepare them for something and get them into a better spot, you know, and then maybe again, you know, we're prepping for a vacation or like, your wedding or, or we're putting on muscle or building phase. 
but it shouldn't be on repeat where we lose. And then we see a client come back that has gained it all back. And then we, that's not success as a coach for any of us. And it's not why we do our job. It's we are not income driven coaches. I know that for a fact, because I know that the things that hurt us on a day-to-day basis are when we feel like we can't do right by our clients. So if you are listening to this and we've never even talked about like income, like I don't even, I couldn't even ballpark where anyone, of us are at because it's never a topic of anything. It's never a measure of success for us. A measure of success for us is when a client has a major win and they're like, I ate out and I didn't overeat and I stayed within my macros and I didn't feel guilty the next day. Those are the wins that we share amongst each other. So remember when you're listening to this today, that these are actually things that we're not trying to shame you about. We're not trying to guilt you into doing, we're trying to get you to understand the value and the difference. So you can take these tools and make them a lifestyle and not necessarily a phase of dieting in your life. Yes. Yes. Yes, That was well said. And, you know, I think if you come to a health coach, fitness coach, whatever you want to call us, I assume you're in the business of getting better. Right. And that's what it's all about. Cause we're, right. we're in that same boat ourselves. And you've probably failed. Yeah. You've probably failed. If you're hiring a coach, it's probably cause you can't do it on your own. I think that like what, like you were saying, the biggest thing for us is there should be progression. Um, it's not about giving you tools to succeed for six to eight weeks and then falling back into a regression of what brought you to us in the first place for us. I think success means that like, you know, Sarah said, we're changing habits, we're changing lifestyles. And sometimes for some people, they can adopt these strategies really quickly. For other people, it might take you a little bit longer. And, and it might take you longer just because of maybe, you know, baggage or things that's happened in the past, or just a current life that you're dealing with. Like, I have, we all have plenty of clients that are single parents or even not single parents that just have a lot thrown at them. So maybe us throwing like all these tasks, you know, we need you to hit, I think Sonia, you said this yesterday, goal number one, two, three, and four, but maybe you're not doing that. Maybe that's not, you know, happening. And so if we, our success is, Hey, let's drink enough water today and let's make that build and let's keep that habit ongoing for many weeks and then keep that. And then we start tackling a new habit. And so I think that's the big thing, especially when it comes to tracking macros is it's not, it is a quote strategy, but it's a nutrition strategy. It's not going to be a diet necessarily phase. It's just a way, an educational tool to bring awareness. That's so big too, is like, I try to tell people, people like, I don't want to be wrapped up in tracking numbers all the time. And it's like, great. But how else are you going to have some sort some form of accountability in what you're eating? How are you even going to know what avocado has in it? You're going to have to. So basically it's like when we log a food, we're learning, Oh, Hey, that avocado had 10 grams of fat and seven grams of carbs. Okay, great. Oh, that tablespoon of olive oil was 14 grams of fat. Okay. That four ounces of cooked chicken was 32 grams of of protein. You're learn. That's how you're learning. It's like a textbook for, for food nutritional value. And when you have those things down, you can start to plan value on your plate, right? Like we talk about I talk about like versus calories, like an energy source and muscle repair. And so it's like, how do you know you have enough energy on your plate? 
How do you know you have enough muscle repair on your plate? How do you know you have enough digestive support on your plate? If you're not tracking and learning these things, right? Like the three of us didn't pop out of the womb knowing that four ounces of cooked chicken has 32 grams of protein. Like we're probably all walking, like, I don't know what you would call us walking my fitness pals walking. It's like learning a second language. Right. Right. And I think maybe that kind of kick off. Like, I think that's the first mistake that people make with tracking macros is not paying attention is just plug Mm -hmm. and play willy nilly and not taking the time to be like exactly what you said, kind of looking, you know, deeper. And, you know, I use my fitness pal, you know, to to track, but I also really like chronometer for people, um, because you can see the micronutrients in foods beyond just what the label tells you. Cause I think the, I mean, food labels, they only tell you like potassium, you just give you a whole lot. So those are kind of my two, you know, that I like to suggest people use and then paying attention, pre-planning are two of probably like the biggest things that you can do to, to start and make this successful long-term. I think one thing too, that's like really important is if like, if we say like, where should your tracking journey be? I think the tracking journey should typically be with whole foods, meaning like things on the outside of the grocery store, right? Because those are going to be the easiest to track way and measure because there's not as much error on the packaging. Like one so, ingredient foods. Exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. multiple ingredient foods. Exactly. So like on my fitness pal, you can actually see things that have been verified and you can search for only verified foods. So on the search bar, there's like a little check mark and it says verified. And that little green verified means it's actually what the data is. I think that's really important to start. And then I think understanding cooked versus raw you do. I have clients and like, do I have to measure everything raw first? No, but then just make sure that when you're searching for it, you're searching for something like cooked chicken breast. And another way to verify that you have the right one is you can Google nutritional information in cooked chicken breast, and it'll give you a value. So something says like 50 grams of protein. Well, maybe you're just double checking and you're finding one that aligns with what you found on the web. That seems more reasonable. Yeah. Get close. Yeah. It's never, it's, one, two grams. This isn't the difference. This isn't, this is 15 calories. It's nothing. It's minute, right? It's a stick of gum, but it it can make a huge difference. If you're measuring, you know, five ounces of raw chicken versus five ounces of cooked chicken, that the nutritional value is very different in that. Yeah. And so it's important to kind of understand like, okay, I'm measuring whole ingredients. My first, and I don't know how you guys like to do it as a coach, but like whole ingredients, I'm just learning fruits, veggies, protein, starchy carbs or sources and fats. And I'm actually, as I'm logging, I'm looking at the data and then I'm adjusting if I need to. Yeah. And if you're confused, like I always suggest you go to like the USDA, Mm -hmm. like Merit is in Canada, but American. No, I recommend the same website. So, or Australian food or whatever, but go to USDA like .gov and search in the database to just kind of cross-reference these whole foods. And then, you know, from there, um, you know, people I think go to overwhelms, but they don't realize that like you can hit the drop down on the serving size and change it to grams and or ounces and adjust the serving, you know, kind of for you. Um, So, I mean, if someone's even first getting started, sometimes I won't even suggest we have a macro target yet. I just kind of want them to start playing around with, with kind of the app and learning, you know, again, kind of what's in their food. Getting I I, I think we've all actually, it's funny. I, 
since I've known these girls, we have all evolved so much and we keep evolving. So just buckle up clients, just so you know, but I know for depending, this is always going to be depending. You hear us say this all the time, but for the majority of my clients, typically I'm going to start you off with tracking the food you're currently eating. And I typically will only have one, I'll say, I won't even say, um, you know, change anything except I'll say, Hey, let, you know, let's try to focus on whole foods. Other than that, just track exactly what you're eating and just seeing what that means to them. Because I think that creates a dialogue as opposed to, it's kind of like in training. Um, a lot of people know, like we all take a lot of courses. And so right now I'm learning like sometimes too many cues gets really confusing. And so I find sometimes less is more. So kind of setting you up to your own devices to just play, play with the app, see what happens. And then I'm like, okay, so see how this says one whole apple. What does that even mean? Is it the small apple? Is it, uh, you know, this massive, I mean, y'all have seen the apples that are like the fucking size of your head. Yeah. Like, I mean, what, what does that mean? Like- you know? Yeah. So I'm like, let's have a conversation about that. You know, what does, you know, this says, you know, honey chicken versus this. I was like, do you really know, know what that entry is? A guy, he, when I was teaching him, he tracked salmon and his salmon entry gave him 20 carbs. And I was like, okay, well, let's have a discussion. Is there carbohydrates in salmon? And he was like, thought about it. And I was like, there actually could be depending on what, you know, what's happening with that salmon. Are you using a box salmon that's like full of breadcrumbs and all these things? So it creates an open discussion. And so and I think like that, Atlantic salmon versus King salmon versus yeah. is it skinless? Does it have skin? Yeah. yeah. I think that sometimes just allowing the client for me just to see what they're going to do with it. And then this is what clients don't want. I will be honest. I think y'all agree. Most clients, they will say, just tell me, just tell me. And I will say, I will tell you enough, but part of it is discovery. And I think in discovery, it could just come small cues. So that's when just do what you're going to do. Let me see it. Number one, a lot of people, when I say how many calories you're eating, they're like, I'm eating 3,500 calories, minimum 2000. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's probably not happening. Cause I know how much food that is, or we'll actually talk about this later. Sonia made a good point before we recorded. And we'll talk about that as far as calories go. Um, but less cues is sometimes more and allows you to play and discover. And I tell a client, you can't fail. Like if we're just tracking whatever the hell you're eating, you can't fail. Now, when we change the cue to, Hey, I need you to go in and start finding serving sizes and changing everything to grams. I need mm-hmm. everything in grams instead of one whole burger, you know, uh, a large banana. We need to start actually weighing the food and being more accountable that way here again. Like you guys said, like that is such a cool opportunity to start seeing what's that's where the, the flexibility will come. When you get educated, you get empowered, and then we can have flexibility. Yeah. I always like to almost break it down as like, if you think about this as a job, and this job has the potential to earn you $2,500,000 a year with seven weeks paid vacation, and you're working nine to five. You're like, this is my dream job. Okay. Well, you want your quote unquote dream body. You are not going to work a couple months and then quit that job. No, you haven't earned your 401k. You haven't earned your 250. You haven't earned your paid vacation. And what you won't do is you won't go in and you won't like half asset. You'll go in and you will learn every tiny little detail you can learn. And then on top of it, you're going to develop your own personal niche 
to all of those little systems that are going to make it easier for you to do your job on a day-to-day basis. And then your job will become second nature. Then your decisions in that job will become second nature. Then you have people that you can like, you know, now maybe you have a team and it's the same thing. You have these lofty goals of having this body, having this energy, because it's true, having this health that comes with the need to look at it as an investment in yourself for the next couple of years and thinking of it as a job, thinking of it as learning new skills, thinking of it as constantly wanting to get a little bit better in every single aspect of it. And it's like each week, if each week we talk about this, right? You just shot to be 1% better. And I have this on my check-in. What is one thing you could have done? What was one lesson you could do to improve this week? Because there's always something. And it's like, sometimes it's just something as little as like packing one more snack or having water bottles in my car or something small like that. But that one little thing is now something they're doing daily. And then the next week it's one little thing. We are getting better each time. And those are the best results versus the people where I'm like, and I've done this as a coach and I'm sure you guys did this in the beginning too. Here's a list of how your whole life is completely going to change. And they went from like never doing anything to like 100 and they would see amazing results for three weeks. And then I couldn't get them past 28, 30 days. Yeah. It would just be a shit show after that. And getting them back on board was a nightmare. And so now it's like that, that just little, that mindset of like, how can I, how can I use this and how can I get a little bit better? How am I in the boardroom? How am I learning new things? How am I developing new skills? It makes a difference. And I like how you're doing that with clients of let's track. Now I have them track all their food too, but then moving them into grams and then doing that. And then typically, I don't know about you guys, but following that, I'll start to go into, okay, great. Now in each meal, I want 25 grams of protein. And Sarah, I don't know if you want to kind of like break down, like, okay, well, why do we need that 25 grams of protein every so many hours? Like what's the value and how are you explaining that to clients? Yeah. So like, I like to, I mean, especially like, well, I guess, so I'll usually assign like a total like goal, like say, like, let's just make it simple. Like, I mean, I actually just did this with someone. I said, okay, I want you to just hit hundred grams of protein a day. And the best way to do that is going to have your five meal or, you know, five meals with 20 grams or I guess four meals, I'm sorry, with 25 grams of protein. Um, and yeah, explaining that, Hey, like if, you know, our body composition goals are getting toned, building muscle, whatever it is, like, this is kind of our minimum threshold, you know, to do that. And you know, you're complaining to me, like you're hungry or, you know, you, you know, your blood sugar is crashing. This is going to ensure that that isn't happening. Right. And then kind of, you know, breaking down that, like, I want that protein source to be, you know, a chicken beef, you know, an animal protein or like, you know, giving different vegan proteins, like they can use dairy, et cetera. Um, and, uh, you know, understanding that this is how we're getting those quality, you know, protein. And this is something that comes up a lot is, Oh, coach, like, what if I have my meal and it's 25 grams of protein, but some of that protein is coming from my oats. Is that okay? Yeah. Like you're going to get three grams of protein from the oatmeal, but a majority is going to come from, you know, your whey protein that you added in there. Now, if you only had a meal that had 15 grams of protein and three of those grams came from your oats, it's not going to be as quality of a meal. So if we have higher protein targets, we're getting more of that 
high quality protein with all your essential amino acids that you need to reach your body comp goals, but then also from a health perspective is also really important. Yeah. I want to, I think this is a good time, especially meaning like going into when you were talking about the blood sugar dysregulation. And then what I was saying about calories, something that we were talking about before we started recording is yes, we have often seen somebody who they might be consuming 2000 calories and I'm going to, it's a very hard conversation to say there's good versus bad foods because all three of us want to definitely agree that there's no such thing as good versus bad, but there may be some that are better. And there is going to be some food choices in abundance when it comes to say that fill about 90% of your day, that is going to be better for you and your body's function. Because just remember these foods break down into, we're going to say, you know, little molecules, whatever, happen. We won't get into that. Whether it's a fat protein, they break down into molecules and vitamins and minerals. And these things are the things that make your brain function, make your skin shiny and beautiful and supple, um, make you have, you know, good libido. So filling your day with, I'm going to say higher nutrient dense foods, that is going to be better for you then fueling your body with simply the calories you need from less nutrient dense food. It's example. And, and this is going to be a good one because both of these are going to be quote considered good foods. I told a client, I said, what if you sat down and you had 40 grams of value of carbs coming from just honey? That, that's healthy. It's healthy, right? What if you just sat down and ate 40 grams of carbs of honey versus if you had 40 grams of carbs from like oats or a potato, that's going to sit with you very differently. Now, that being said, taking a step further is what if you filled those 40 grams with M&Ms? Again, it's going to do a lot more different for your body. And when we talk about hunger cues and even mood disorders where you feel like you're, you know, I always hear women say, you know, I just feel like I'm going to lose my shit or I'm, I'm sad or I'm up, I'm down. This is all what we've talked about in other episodes as far as like that blood sugar. And so things like fiber and the fiber from your vegetables, um, fiber from all types of foods, protein, these are going to be more filling. And again, keeping blood glucose a little bit more balanced in long-term. So you're not having these high highs and these low lows. But bottom line, filling your day with more, I'm going to say processed, refined foods, such as like maybe McDonald's, sorry, kids, Chick-fil-A all day, nothing but um, with the lemonade, having just that as your food source may not be as optimal as say some other things. That being said, there could be somebody listening to this podcast where Choosing Chick-fil-A grilled chicken sandwich may be an upgrade from eating the Funyuns out of the vending machine. And that's where I really need folks to really hear. This is where myself, Sonia, and Sarah, we meet you where you're at. If, if us saying, hey, girl, I need you to get, is Chick-fil-A convenient for you? Will that work for you? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, hey, kick the Funyuns 
I want you to hit Chick-fil-A. That's going to be an upgrade. And then we can move you. We can move you to saying, hey, listen, you know, instead of getting Chick-fil-A, when you're at the grocery store, do you think you can, you know, grab some celery and care? Like, I want you to look at the produce section and go fucking crazy. Like, yeah, these are the progressions and differences in individuality. Right. right? Yeah. I think I just want really want people to hear that you are not bad for eating the less nutrient dense foods, just like you aren't good for skipping the brownie, you know, I right. talk about like, you can cheat on your taxes and you can cheat on your significant other, but you can't cheat on your food. Yeah. Like these cheating mentalities. And then what happens is when we cheat, we hold the guilt of cheating. I'm a cheater. I failed. Yeah. I didn't do this. And it's really about like more inflammatory foods versus less inflammatory foods. The more inflammatory foods we're going to eat, the more like shit we're going to feel sugar, dairy, gluten also fall in that. Does that that mean that they're bad? No. No. Does that mean that in higher amounts, you're going to feel less good than if you had like potatoes and, and fresh fish and veggies? Yeah. Does, but that's the trade-off, right? We just have to like, and especially if we're trying to see changes in health, which I know a lot of us work in functional health as well, we have to start changing our meter to a less inflammatory diet. And normally by doing that, it's not always fat loss. It's not always about, it's not the change in the calories that's causing the fat loss or the body comp. It's the lowering of the inflammation that allows the body to process nutrients better, better nutrient partitioning throughout the day, better regulation of metabolism, better regulation of blood sugar. And these things do make you healthier. So it's not that these foods are bad. It's just that we need to start leaning more towards, like if we have like gears on a gas empty and full, right? If you think about it that way, like you need to just like tilt a little bit closer to the anti-inflammatory side of things. And I think that just that alone, people see a major difference. And that's why I really like the term nutrient dense, because I can demonize iceberg lettuce as much as I could demonize a cookie, you know, because, you know, and that's why I like, you know, because you have these people on the other side of the perspective. And I think it's because they get so caught up with calories and trying to eat less that it's cauliflower rice, egg whites, and iceberg lettuce. And that is their diet. And it's like, okay, well, how about, you know, instead of buying the $17 jar of nut butter, and that's where our fats come from, and only our fats, because we're obsessed with nut butter, like, why don't we try some like whole eggs or red meat, like, you know, stuff like that, or kale or spinach instead of the iceberg lettuce. Like, it's not you know, this isn't, this is so beyond calories. It's about yeah. nutrients. Yeah. I think there's a fear. Good. Good. There's a fear of being hungry with that as well. Yes. That I think comes up. And I think that it's funny because I, I know this from prep and I've, I've been every spectrum. Like I've switched te- seats on every damn seat on the Titanic. But what I found when I started being less focused on all the calorie saving foods I was more satiated, meaning I was less like constantly hungry, constantly this, because I had a Greek yogurt with 2% fat instead of the light and fit with stevia in it. You know, like it was less triggering and more nutrient dense for me. I was more filled. So rather than having like the rice cakes, I would have like maybe two or three ounces of potatoes. And I was actually more filled and more, more satiated right? Because these foods have different values in those. And some of these, these low calorie foods are made to taste good to make you feel like you're still in the game and save calories, but they can actually be more triggering to make you want to eat more and more and more. Yeah. 
I mean, there mm-hmm. food was designed. Right. <laughs> they engineers. So much money on marketing, the colors of packaging. Because remember, digestion starts with our brain. So again, how we see things, the texture of things, how things crunch in our mouth, like and companies spill spend millions and thousands of dollars a year on the technology to oh, make things great for you. Right. I just had pirate booty last night and I was like, this is definitely engineered by some smart. People. It's like <laughs> from, it's just like, I'm like, it's, a, it's like addicting. I was like, this is like the best thing I've ever had in my life. Food, especially processed food is made to be that way. An yeah. apple isn't made to be that way. An apple grows from a tree, right? Yeah. And my favorite is like the uh high protein and it's got like six grams of protein in it. Yeah. Or like peanut butter literally free. says high protein. And it's, and you're like, it's a yeah. jar, it's like almonds and it's like you know, stuff like that. It's like all this marketing. So flip that bad boy over, yeah, flip the package over, look at the nutrients, look at the ingredients. And then like, obviously if you're a client of ours, you've probably gotten some form of macronutrient list from us. Right. Right. Sorry. I had to take a deep breath there. It's a little hard. Self ruins well, but, um, talking is hard, but if you are not a client of ours and you're trying to figure this out as well, you can Google macronutrient cheat sheet online. There are hundreds of sheets that'll show you this is only protein. This is a protein and a fat. This is a protein and a carb. This is a carb. This is a carb and a fat. This is a carb and a protein. So you can start to look at things and say, okay, I need to get more protein in my diet. How do I find foods? And I typically am like really high on carbohydrates. How do I find foods that that match that? What I typically see with onboarding clients is because of the fear of carbohydrates in our society, people go to these keto-friendly foods, these fit factor foods. Yep. And they're coming to me and they've got four items logged in their day. And they're at 110 grams of fat, which is a pretty high amount of fat because all their meals are 30, 40 grams of fat because they're prepackaged keto snacks or keto bars that typically have now a true keto, keto, um, ketogenic diet guys is high fat, low protein, low carbohydrates. Yeah. It's not high protein, high protein. So the just foods, so you know, that doesn't also mean like no vegetables. FYI. Oof, don't that get me started on that. <laughs> just so you know, because uh yeah, that's uh you gotta get those. Okay, well, okay, blowing. maybe that's I don't wanna Sonia, I don't wanna cut you off, but like how Sonia many veggies do you like I like to see four servings at, as like a yes. ultimate yeah. goal? Like I say again. four and four. I like to say I like each I like four of your main meals. Cause I try to preach four meals to five meals, depending on if they're athletes or not. Yeah. And, and my athletes guys, I don't mean you're running the Olympics or you're a bodybuilder. I mean, you're in the gym working out. I consider you an athlete. I want yeah. you, you have that mentality. We're going to train you like that mentality. So I like to say four out of five of your meals have a veggie serving and a fruit serving in them. It yeah, doesn't yeah. need to be major. It can honestly be a couple slices of strawberries on your salad, or it can be, you know, some carrots with your lunch. But I think we get so caught up in like taking those things out that we miss a big mark. Yeah. yeah. And like, I usually recommend people, I'm like, pick if we're starting, if we're just starting off, have like one meal be your veggie meal, like yeah. a salad, a stir fry, you know, an omelet with veggies, like something like yep. that. That's what I do as well. I yeah. say, I, I ask for them to have, so 
there's here again, this is where it's really cool for whoever's listening to this, because you're going to see, you're going to hear us say, I do this. Oh, I, yeah, I do that. We do so much because it depends on who we're talking to, which client. So I have clients where I have them track all their food, everything. And then I have some clients where we get to the point and I say, hey, listen, I just want us to have, um, have about 300 to 400 grams of weight a day. Just mark it, track it as zero, zero grams, just so I can see you're having veggies and what type of veggies. Um, and here again, that depends on the client, but I normally say either three to 400 grams of weight in a day, or I say three to four cups visually tracked a day um, and have that within either two to three meals. So I say, hey, if you want to have some at lunch meal and one at the dinner meal, if you want to have some at breakfast, lunch and dinner, if we're doing whether it's four meals or five meals, four is my minimum, four is my minimum meals. I will say that. Um, but it just depends on the client. But we as coaches, we can find a way, man. We will always be able to navigate how we can get things done because there is a zillion ways to do it. There's not just one way. There's not one secret sauce. Right. And, and I'm the same three to four, three to 400, um, you know, grams, and then I'll say fruit pre and post workout. So there's your two serves a day or just, you know, your two meals on a non-training day. Um, and the veggies, like I know I knocked on iceberg lettuce, but like you could start with just putting your meal on top of a bed of spinach or on top of, you know, some romaine lettuce or kale, whatever the fuck, like, you know, it doesn't green leaf. And, and, (laughs) frozen oh my god yes frozen's great my husband's a baby about vegetables so like I only buy like bell peppers and like carrots like fresh and pretty much everything else is frozen that is the same as mine as well he's yeah it's uh, he'll do bell peppers and uh, everything else is frozen veggies yeah and it's great even wrong with it is if you need to do canned okay read your cans read your labels which again again depending on where you are as a client depends on whether I'll have that discussion with you. Because for some clients, I might just need to say, hey, get some cans. And if you can read, if it's BPA free, if we're going to start, you know, upgrading and to look at the ingredients of the can, make sure it actually is just vegetables and not vegetables with brown sugar, added dextrose, (laughs) then yeah, we're going to have those discussions, but it's all going to be, it's going to be progressions and baby steps, guys. We want this sustainable for you. Yeah. And also keep in mind that, you know, okay, let's just say that you're traveling and now you're not at home and you don't have your organic fresh blueberries in your fridge, but you go to the store and you get some Mandarin orange quick packs or some applesauce baby, uh, baby food, applesauces. Okay, great. Yeah. That's also fine. Yeah. You're doing your, that's the flexible dieting, right? Yeah. Is that, okay, I'm going to travel. So I like the Mandarin. I always tell clients it's a great way. Cause you can throw them on a salad or it tastes good in like a rice bowl or something, but also like the baby food, apple sauces, you can throw those in your purse when you're traveling. It's a great way to keep your food in a big thing that I notice when people travel is they then lack in fruits and vegetables. And then they get backed up when traveling because they're like protein, protein bars, all this. And now we're losing our fiber content. And so it's also okay to have the flexibility to go in between those things. And that's, what's nice about flexible dieting, or if it fits your macros is that we can give you a foundation of like, this is kind of how your day should go. But in case of an emergency or if things shall change, or if your palate desires, you can switch out 
you know, Greek yogurt for cottage cheese, or you can make a sandwich instead of having chicken and brown rice. Like a sandwich is also not unhealthy. I think people are like, oh my God, a sandwich for lunch. And it's like, great. It's like, get some whole wheat bread and some nitrate free deli meat and some, maybe some mayo, you know, it's like, and some avocado. Great. Have a sandwich. You can make that at home. It's easy to prep. You don't even have to worry about it, you know? So having the ability to be flexible in your decisions is also key because I think when we get in this mindset of, I don't have my food, then people don't know what to do. Like they're not sure how to function from there. And that's where, that's what flexible dieting was meant to be originally. Like, I think it was Dr. Joe, like Dr. Joe Clemson that kind of have him on. We should. Um, but he kind of like founded this flexible dieting idea because everyone was meal plans. And it was like, I have to have my, my chicken, rice and broccoli or else I die, you know, or I'm a basket case, but the flexible dieting was meant to be, Oh no, you could actually have chicken, rice and asparagus or, you know, chicken, potato and spinach. Like you, you learn to be flexible within a whole foods kind of diet or, Hey, I'm really freaking craving a little, you know, square dark chocolate, or it's my kid's birthday. And I'm going to like, let myself have, you know, whatever. And but, not feel bad about it because I, it actually does fit into my plan. Right. Which is where when we don't trigger that guilt response, we don't necessarily have all those overeating fuck it mentalities. Yeah. I've actually done that. Uh, so I had a, done this with several clients, many clients actually. So they're to a point where number one, gut health is we're, we're working on gut health, all these things. And if you're in a gut protocol, completely different. Okay. That's why I, well, I know I was going to say, Hey, listen, those of you listening who are in a health phase with me, this very different. Really. <laughs> these are very different. Um, but I have clients where, you know what, they might be having some gut dysfunction and we need to build them up to being ready for that because maybe, you know, they're not ready for that. But I have said to clients, Hey, listen, I want you to program in a dessert, but you have to hit our veggie goal for the day. But I want to see some sort of dessert every day in your food log. I need to see some dessert happen there. And that can be enough like, oh, well, hell yeah, I'm going to get my veggies in. Because here again, does it mean that you can't have that brownie? Well, no. But I also think this is a really cool opportunity because that gives me the option to them when they do their reports. So like, Hey, I don't feel so good this morning. I'm like, okay. And I will look, I'm like, okay, well they had brownie and halo top. So I'm like, Hey girl, let's maybe cut the halo top that maybe it's a little bit overboard. Let's just have the brownie and see how you feel. She feels fine. That is great feedback. That's you learning your body and learning your threshold. So you know what, maybe you go and you choose this dessert over that, but long as you fueled your day and you've done your, I'm going to say your non-negotiables of what your body needs, then yeah, like have something small, but again, having desserts still need to stay in portions. It doesn't mean just because it's a dessert, it becomes a YOLO experience and we need to go into binges. That disordered eating. If we cannot have a sweet without going, like having a gallon of ice cream, we need to talk about that. And you can adjust your, you don't have to eat what the box tells you to eat. Like you can have less and you can have more. This is a, um, so this is nut butters to me, the $17 nut butters that we talked about. Yeah. I can have cookies in my house all day. I can have a bite of a cookie and I'm like, okay, I can have a bite of like my, you know, I have a, I have a six-year-old daughter. So it's like, we have like 
things in here, you know, I'm like, never an issue. I bring this all American nut butter into my house and it is lights out. Like I have a little bite. It's measured. I track, you know, I go sit down. I need a little bit more. I go sit down. I need a little bit more. And I'm like, okay, this is like an issue for me. Does that mean I have an eating disorder? No. Does that mean that I don't have to keep foods that trigger me inside my house? Absolutely. I keep it outside. (laughs) It's cold outside. I have a little storage unit and I bring it into the house. So it's not in front of me every single time I open up the cupboard. It's just like, it's, it's something for me where it's like, do I, is it necessarily, I mean, I can have it. I can have it and like, not, not eat it. I'm kind of like, I'm halfway joking, not joking. But if I know that it's one of those things that when I have in my house, I tend to eat. And then I, and then I spend my macros on that instead of nutrient, because it's not, it's not, it's not going to bring as much nutrient value. It's got Oreos and cookies and other things in it. Like, do I have to necessarily have it around all the time or I'm weak or not? Okay. Nope. That's also not what that means. If you feel like there's a certain thing for you, that's like, maybe like a trigger where you're like, when I have ice cream, I tend to like overeat it, but I don't have that issue with like brownies or cookies or anything else. That's okay. There's also like, you have to be able to trust and listen to your body and say, it doesn't like, it doesn't necessarily serve me when I have this because I tend to then want that every single meal. And then before you know it, I'm eating cereal and nut butter, every single one of my meals, instead of something more nutrient dense, like that's also okay too, to like identify these things. And I think like, that's the thing where we like to talk about, it depends, right. Is that for each client, there's going to be something where we can grow something that you already do really well. And for each client, that's going to be vastly different. And we have clients that literally come from having no problem eating sweets to not being able to feel like feeling very guilty if they go above 10 grams of their carbs for the day or feel guilty. I have a couple clients now, but I'm, I'm not calling someone out specifically, but that, you know, when I am like, we need to rest for a full day, that's very hard for them to not exercise for that time, you know, and like, and to just not do cardio or not train during one of those days. And then I have clients where I'm like, if we could just get in one cardio session this week, I would really be thankful. (laughs) I think you're going to feel a lot better, you know? So there's like these highs and lows with everything. And so I think wherever you are feeling like you identify in this, this is some, cause we know, like when someone says something, we're like, oh, I know I need to work on that. We know subconsciously. I hope that you guys have like found a place where you're like, that's something I can grow on. That's something I do well. That's something I can grow on. That's something I do well. And don't co-sign your own bullshit of what you do. Like, oh, well, Coach Meredith said I need to eat dessert every night. Like, no, or, you know, I have to, or, or now I'm, I'm not allowed to do this and I can only eat whole foods. Like, no, also not what we said. You're just picking and choosing and cherry picking at that moment to fit what you're already doing. So I would challenge you to like push yourself, whatever you heard today that made you really uncomfortable is probably the thing that you need to lean in on. Yes, don't co-sign on your own bullshit. I am like, that is so good. And I I think that's a good way to wrap up this episode. Um, Agreed. Yeah, so this will be one that, you know, we encourage you to listen to in that frame of mind, like like Sonia said. So um, if you enjoyed it though, share it, leave us a review. 
Um, and we'll see you next time. Yeah. Thanks, guys. <laughs>